A very good evening to you, and welcome to People of Note on Classic 1027. This program is broadcast every Sunday from 6 to 8, and in it we talk to someone who is a person of note and listen to music of their choice. And I'm delighted to tell you that my guest in tonight's program is Rocco de Villiers, and I will leave it to him to tell you who he is. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Richard. Nice to be here. Tell us who you are. I am an entertainer, pianist, composer. I make cocktails. I collect single malt whiskies. I like to travel, but I'm actually from Harry Smith in the Free State. A small boy, little boy, big dreams, like mirror balls, disco music, obsessed with the music of J.S. Bach, and um, I live in Johannesburg. And you made movies, I hear. Well, I've written the soundtracks to, to um, some American stuff. It was incredible. But I think you also, didn't you make a movie when you were still at school? At school I did, yes. I, uh, in Harry Smith? Not yes, up. in Harry Smith. There's, look, small towns got a lot to, well, you can't tell everything. Because, you know, in a small, small town, town, everyone knows everything about everybody. They do it to each other on Saturday nights and Sunday they pray for each other and Monday they tell all the other people what they've done the weekend. <laughs> Is it still like that? Um, I can't imagine it has changed much <laughs> since the 80s when I left. Have you got no connections there still? Um, no, I, I'm, I'm an orphan. <laughs> My dad and mom passed away. My sister passed away. I have no relatives. Um, the only connection that I had recently, I shot a television um, a program for Kekne, the Afrikaans DSTV channel. And the program is called Reis um, nach where you go back to where you started. And um, the program ended where... Obviously, the director wanted me to go into the Harry Smith City Hall stage and play on the on the grand piano where I started. And when we got there, they said, sorry, I can't play piano and definitely not on the grand piano because it was stolen. Aye. How do you steal a grand piano? The bucky. Yeah. <laughs> you arrive and say we've come to fetch the piano. I think maybe it needs to be tuned. That happened once the SABC. I know. Yeah, in Commissioner Street. I know. Some guys arrived just like that. They arrived in a bucky and white coats and said, we've come to fetch the piano. So they said, come this way. <laughs> and can I ask that they ever recover the piano? I don't think so. Never recovered. <laughs> but you've been talking about home and your first choice is Michael Bublé singing Home. Yes. How beautiful was that orchestration? Fantastic. Um, I uh, do a lot of shows every year. This year, um, 2018, I'm doing 107 performances all over South Africa. Every place where there's a piano, a knitting machine, an upright piano, I will do a show. And <coughs> it's a little bit of a cliche, but when you travel that much and you, I've just returned from a, a, a long tour in Cape Town, then after a while, and the, 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 the words of Michael Bublé is so incredibly appropriate and you just you see all these thousands of people and they love you and you sign CDs and you get taken on helicopter flips but actually I want to go home to my partner the dogs our beautiful garden and the fantastic city of Johannesburg so that's what it's about it's, and, it's and longing for where your base yeah. Heimweer Heimweer which um, is a song that was made sort of famous in a way 
by Mimi Kutzer. She made it a sort of a, a, a commercial hit, if you want. Um, and I'm going to play that quite soon with Elsa von den Hirfer at Starlight Classics. I know. I think that's that's going to be a very special moment. And I'm so excited to to be able to share a stage with her. Um, the story how I, I uh, met Elsa and how I saw her perform for the first time is something that I think we should leave for the show. We will indeed do that. That's for Starlight Classics, which is coming up in September. And you've heard it uh, advertised here on Classic 1027. So do come. It's going to be a very special occasion. You, I mean, you mentioned many things in your short introduction. Uh, when did you start learning the piano? I started at the age of three. I was told that I asked Pinkan, who was a fantastic man, who we, we brought into town from the farm. We had a house on the farm and, and, and um, in town. And Pinkan was the person who looked after me. He taught me to swim. He taught no, no, actually, I, that was hopeless. It didn't work. He taught me to ride a bicycle. And I asked him, that was the story that my family told me, one day with a screwdriver to break the lock of our piano. Because you know the olden days, people, yeah, yeah. oh, they closed that piano yeah. because my mother would have said, oh, we have to close that piano. Rocco's going to come home from school with those sugus hands and I'm the one with a handy hand to clean. Lock it. I can't play anyway. So leave it. So he broke the, the lock. And I started playing, but then I was like a parrot, you know. I just copied things from the radio, like Vili Vali and all those other. So you had a good ear, obviously. Well, I hope I still have a good ear. Um, uh, I, I think that's my strongest. And you were a child prodigy, obviously. <laughs> I didn't know of who, but, <laughs> but yes, I started very, very young, and then things just. And then my mother said, "I think this child must have." Uh, piano lessons, and then. That all ended up in me sitting at Classic FM Studio. <laughs> and here comes a piece by you called Rian Kanyeni Kuapni. That was one of your own compositions. Mm. It's uh, translated to English, it's it's rain you you cannot buy um, with your credit card or cash. And I think I'm uh, the older I'm getting, the more aware I am of global warming and what we've done to this earth. You know, I, I um, on Sundays I go to uh, Virgin Active in the afternoon to work off all the food that I had at lunch. Um, I come from an Afrikaans family in the Free State. Sunday lunch is Sunday lunch. We had all the animals that my dad shot on Saturday. Everything on one table with a trifle and cook sisters and brandy and cook. <laughs> so your love of cooking, are you something of a cook also? No. No? No, no. I, I like to eat very nice food. And you I, talked about cocktails and whiskey. So you obviously like something I else like, as well. I like on the side that, that I'm very good with to serve that. But I'm not very good with making food because okay. a, a big part of my, how I eat was because I'm very much into my gym routine and that is between been determined very much like no fat like fresh vegetable but um, uh, rain you cannot buy rien kanyani kuipni is about the fact that every every Sunday when I go to gym over the past 20 years uh, being living in in Johannesburg I see more rubbish mountains of plastic more and more things on the street on the way to Cresta Virgin Active um, the, the Rose Garden and it is an incredibly sad thing that we never realize, I read the other day, um, that 
the earth is not ours. It's only we, we borrow it, and that's why we have to look after it. And recently I shot a, a, a television series in Cape Town, and they put me up in this incredible suite with two showers and uh, unbelievable uh, place. And I couldn't shower because there was no water in Cape Town. And I thought to myself, but this is ridiculous. They pay 30,000 rand for me for this suite, but I can't shower because you can buy everything. Um, but not rain because the clouds are demacar. They don't know what's happening because we pump all this rubbish into the air. So that's what rain is about. But you obviously like to keep fit because you've talked several times about the gym now. I'm, uh, I'm, I, I'm less obsessed now. Look, I am obsessive compulsive to start with. I count everything. I, I have my underwear in colors. Otherwise, I freak out. Um, but I gym a lot. And obviously, pink is an important part of your life. Yes, for several reasons. Pink is from the musical War Paint, um, an incredible uh, 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 musical, which I saw a couple of years ago in New York. Um, it's about the life of Helena Rubinstein. Um, and the whole thing uh, the rivalry between Helena Rubinstein and, and Elizabeth Arden and w what is so incredible about the musical it's you know it's not brain dead like a lot of musicals there's really this politi it's very political and it speaks about issues but the incredible thing was is that when you realize towards the end of the musical we all there's a, a lifespan to to me and you as well Richard very soon they're going to be a hot young thing conducting all the yeah. orchestras. And playing the piano. Uh, <laughs> 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 Touche. <laughs> anyway, so Pink for me, why the musical for me personally was so important. You know, America is a place where you only see hot, sexy, blonde things with big everything and blue eyes. But this musical had my favorite musical star, Christine Ebersol, in, in the role of Elizabeth Arden. And what was so amazing is that the two main characters were older women and is that not fantastic that we can create jobs for older women and not only focus on the next generation of sexy hot things that will sell well just this last weekend i saw an interview with glenda jackson yes who is oh. still acting and at how, 84 how fantastic is yeah. that yeah but i think one of the good things about being a musician is that as long as you've got the the energy you can carry on, actually. So forget this hot young thing. Yeah. No, in our we're world, we're going to grow old being oh, users. Okay? Oh, and perform. We're going to yeah. do Starlight Classics. I'll be in my Zimmer frame. You will do the show via satellite from your hospital bed. But <laughs> well, I'll be sitting on a chair conducting. <laughs> and how incredibly apt will Hamvir be then? <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely. But all of this actually is about your next piece, which is Escape. From the ordinary life. That was music by my guest in People of Note, Rocco de Villiers, and it was called Escape from the Ordinary Life. I love South Africa, and I, um, I'm an, uh, the ever optimist. I, I, I know at the moment, politically and economically, the clouds are dark in our country. But, you know, I travel our country every year. I see all the beautiful places uh, from the Three Sisters, and I'm sure you do as well. Uh, 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 
uh, Valley of the Thousand Hills, all those beautiful. And th- those kind of beauty always remind me, uh, reminds me that I have to celebrate this beautiful country. We always think the grass is greener on the other side. I is not. I let the other problem in Sonne die Rien. Sonne, exactly. Yeah. Big global warming problem. So um, that is what this piece is, is, is all about, escape from the ordinary life. And we see people leaving and then they come back. And I'm not blind for what's happening in South Africa. You know, I read the news um, every morning on my iPad and I see there's a new tendency. I don't know where you read the news, but on Network uh, News 24, Network 24, where I read in Afrikaans. In the week, it is all corruption, everything. And on Fridays, you must see right at the end when they give you a synopsis of the disastrous country we live in. Then they put in a milk tart recipe. Thank you, milk tart recipe. Have a good weekend. And that is typical South Africa. Our country is a complete disaster, but we are making milk tart. And, our fant- and that is and what you call... And eating cook system. Yes, and that is what you call survival. Yeah. And all those things... It's about one thing, escape the ordinary life. We want, always want to go to a beautiful place where, where you can feel better. And that is the one thing that could take you to that place is music. And actually, you've been on an amazing journey. You've escaped the ordinary life. I mean, you might have ended up as a, a school teacher or farmer in Harry Smith. But look where you've gone. I think I'm, I'm very blessed to what a lot of the things in my life happened not because it was planned, but most of it happened because I, I had to plan it for survival and um, because that is what I wanted to do. You know, I, I studied classical music, but now my world has become something else. I'm, I've got a television show on SABC2. I, I play my own, own music, which is now essentially instrumental pop if you want to create that genre but I've done a lot of things and I'm I and I'm still doing a lot of things you know I'm, I'm blessed and very happy to be able to do that which is fantastic not everyone can say that and you're happy in doing what you're doing and especially now uh, that I'm getting older I you know you know if, if when you're getting old, you don't care if people don't like your music or what you wear maybe you want to tell the audience what I'm wearing today well we will we're gonna hear your next piece <laughs> which is waft her angels through the skies. Waft her angels through the skies from the Oratorio Jephthah by George Frederick Handel. That was Ian Bostry's singing with the Orchestra of the Age of Enlightenment. And now I will tell you what Rocco is wearing. I know it's not brilliant uh, radio. It would be better on TV. But the description, of course, once I describe things, you can use your own imagination. <laughs> this is dangerous. <laughs> Short trousers. With camo print. With camo print. Two hairy legs in between with multicolored socks. These are in the belly. The socks have got in the belly print. On. In the belly print. And then a pair of ankle tackies. Uh, with bling, yeah, gold, gold bling, tips. gold tips. Yes, this is quite something. And I, I suspect that when you perform at Starlight Classics, you may have some amazing outfit. We will too. stick to this look, but we will just up the fabrics, which means that dramatically, it will, it will uh, be. You'll be able to see the bling from rosette. Can I put it? <laughs> <laughs> and we have to tell it. I'm wearing a flower, yes. which is made from shushwe cloth. Okay. Yeah. 
It's a big flower too. It is a big in flower. In your lapel. The reason yes. why we always wear a flower, when, when I made my first album long, long ago, the person who styled it um, came to look at uh, 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 pictures and I, I said, uh, 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 my mom is partly reason why I made this this album. I recorded all uh, pieces of music that I hated, like Ballad for Adeline and all those things, and it turned out to be a very, very successful album, obviously, when you record. That's kind of, but, but the person who took the, the pictures said to me, do you realize that your mother is now gone and you want to dedicate this album, but she always used to wear a big flower on her shoulder when she went out to public places? So this is sort of an ode to Anna Magdalena Ackerman de Villiers. A lady of style. Style, wit, problematic woman, and wouldn't take no for an answer, but had an incredible influence on me, my presentation, um, how I feel about myself, how I present myself, and to believe in myself. And the fact that she first locked the piano later she was happy for you to play the piano she was very happy then she could boast uh, or when i was the first time in the u magazine that was a big thing i think the whole of harry smith came to us <laughs> but handle which we list, just listened to i chose for two reasons one i am obsessed with music from the baroque era because very often those tunes you can't remember it's not very melodic like the music of, of Bach but somehow between all those notes horizontal vertical all that it takes you into a forest of fabulosity and you feel just incredible and incredible rhythm and drive oh, yeah. and it, I'm obsessed with, with with anything from the Baroque era because it also lifts you you know, um, but the second reason is is this is actually dedicated to my partner, Klaufenberg. We've been together for 22 years, and this is his favorite um, piece by Handel. And he came back from um, Milan a couple of years ago, and he saw Jefta and said, "This you have to play one day when I'm gone." But now here's something different. This is from the Mission by Ennio Morricone, and when we've heard this. I want to hear about your mission when you were at school, which was to make a movie. That guy could write film music, Ennio Morricone. And that, Richard, is why I chose the tune. Um, you know, we had very often they ask you if there was one tune that, that you wish you, you'd written, this was it. Because it's simple, it's complex, but it's not complex. It's moving. There's, there's melody. There's everything that that people study for years and years to compose a tune like this. And he just wrote this. And it's yeah. and I don't know if you remember the the, the film, the I mission. Do. It is it is a breathtaking moment when that 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 um, oboe start, starts to play that. So that's the reason why I chose um, Gabriel's yeah. oboe. I wish. My name was yeah. next to that. Actually, tune. he was, yeah, he was sitting next to a stream in the forest, and he started playing, and that's the first contact he made with that's the right. people who lived there. Yeah. Yeah. And the interesting thing about Ennio Morricone is, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm correct here, but I think he this or much later was his first Grammy Award that he ever he never was even nominated for any award for film, and this tune came along. But it's also been used for other things. A lot of people sing now Nella Fantasia yeah. and all that. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's become a big hit. Yeah. You hear Nella Fantasia at every corporate event. Yeah. Whether they launch a car, a pill, or a new shopping center.
or a new brand of socks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and here comes your favorite Johann Sebastian Bach. This is from his keyboard concerto, Murray Pariah playing. You see, we talked about the energy in the music, and that's full of energy. <sighs> bliss, yeah. bliss, bliss. And um, I think I'm one of the, well, few people I think who has, I have every keyboard recording of Bach that I can find, um, from Rosalind Turek, Wanda Landowska, uh, uh, fantastic people, but I like the energy that Mari Pariah puts in, in. Like you said, it's slightly faster, which makes it slightly hysterical, which I like. It's good to listen listen to that. The pace, the tune, but just how it's written—it's just—it's brilliant. It's genius for me. Johann Sebastian Bach is the composer. He's of number one. Number one of all of them, well, right top of. Pleased the list. to hear that because he is for me too. <laughs> He just writes the most amazing music. Yes. You never asked me about my, my mission at school. Your mission? I want to hear about... Sorry, sorry. I forgot. In, you see, we got caught up. Let's hear about the mission because you wanted to do a movie. When I was at school, um, I, I had an incredible aunt, um, Auntie Paula, who, when I was very, very small, she took me out for a pink milkshake and said, Rocco, we can see... I can see that you're different to the other children. You know, we don't know what's going to happen here. We just pray to the Lord that this is because this is a strange thing happening here with you. We don't know. Uh, I don't know what you're busy with. In fact, I don't want to know what you're busy with here. <laughs> this was in Harrismith. In Harrismith, where I grew up. It's halfway between Johannesburg and Durban. And um, she said, but a strange child like you, I want to send into the world with the best advice that I can. I don't know what's going to happen to you. You're going to be okay. Just remember this. Whatever you do in life, always remember to wash your hands afterwards. And then she said, just remember this. To be yourself is not the easiest. But at the end of your life, it is the best thing to do to be yourself because that is how people respect you and get to know you in the right way. And she also said, just be yourself because all the others have been taken. And that's been the best advice of my life. And when I was at school, when she passed um, away, I wanted to make a film about her life. And... But that never happened. I started, I actually wrote music. Uh, obviously, I would have written the, the soundtrack myself. But strangely enough, she, she didn't leave us a lot um, to make a movie about. I think that is what her enigma was to be remembered for her wise, witty um, words, but not pictures. And when she said that to you, did you realize or think that you were a bit different then too. Um, yes, I did realize because the children told me so and they didn't like me. You they, mean the other kids at school? Yes, yeah. the other children. And they would bully me and then I realized that there's something. But somehow because I'm intelligent, I um, sort of manipulated them into being my um, uh, uh, intellectual slaves. And so you like to control people, do you? I am... <laughs> Are you a control freak? Yes, I am. When my shows and everything that I do in my house, what it looks like, how things are, are put together, but especially in my work, I know everything. When I'm on, on um, in October, um, I'm running 
two weeks at the Mont- Peter Turin's Monte Cassino Theatre, and I do only 12 performances from the th- 3rd to the 14th. And shows like that every year, I know exactly what's happening on stage. I know what light must go on where, what costume is going to appear next, what note, the guitar or the bass or the drums or Le Zalaru, my favorite violinist ever in in the band been there for for years with me um, i know exactly what's going to happen everything i work out because otherwise if i'm not in control i i feel like the whole thing is falling apart but it's also about controlling the audience in a way because and getting that energy from absolutely them. Yeah. because i i feel that um i i i believe that by controlling your stage production you also make the people feel that that they know that you're in control otherwise it's like a a stupid show where people just talk rubbish and and play anything and not not rehearse i'm not like that i can't i respect my audience too much i can't expect them to pay 250 rand and then they arrive there and we don't know what what's happening no and you know i remember the first time that you and i appeared on the stage together was in otsuara i remember i had a gold sequence shirt on and Nathaniel was conducting. That's correct. Do you remember yeah, that? That was very, very, that's what, about Oof. 20 years ago? At least 20 years ago. <sighs> no, more, 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 more. Stop, stop about the past. It's too, now I realize how old I am. <laughs> you must have been a very young man then. I was very young yeah. then. And, and, and sort of starry-eyed then. I remember, yeah. I, th- I thought, I couldn't believe Richard Cox is going to be here. <laughs> he is going to be in Oatswitten. How how fantastic. I should have made a movie about that. You know, I remember actually, strange now, it's, it's coming back to me. I remember one night, uh, I went up one late one afternoon up into the mountains behind uh, Oatswitten. Yes. And up into the Swartberg. Yes, and beautiful. And the smell mm. was so fantastic up there. I just went and sat by myself. For about an hour up there, the orchestra was going through some big dramas at that time, the National Symphony Orchestra, yes. and I just wanted a bit of time out. Yeah. And I remember going to sit up there and being surrounded by a very special smell of pine trees yes, and fain Yes, the is exactly that. And it, it's incredible. I'm, I'm doing a tour of, of that area now again, and I, I do that every time when I go there. Um, uh, 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 Meiringspoort, all yes. those places. It has a very specific energy, and and nature is, I think, the answer there, and we mustn't stuff that up. Joni Mitchell, both sides. Now, this is a new recording with um, of a, a, one of her most famous songs, both sides now. But I got to, just before we listened to that, I said we must not stuff up nature and i remember one of joni mitchell's first songs was a song called yellow taxi and in this song it was written in 1972 she said we um uh uh, we paved paradise to put up a parking lot and i remember i thought i was at school and i didn't know must have been seven years and I didn't know what it meant you know what does it mean we paved paradise to put it and now I realize only much later it was about that thing that we're chopping off every tree to build more big ugly buildings to put shopping centers and all, all those things and at the time when I said to my dad what does that mean he said ah, it's all American rubbish don't worry about it what does she know you know my guest in people of note Rocco de Villiers 
Wow, that wakes up our listeners. <laughs> that was uh, an album that George Michael um, brought out in, in the turn of the century, and it was called um, Songs from the Last Century. Now, for me, George Michael in the pop genre is as genius and i use that word very very you know you you it's very one must be careful when you use that with bach you can absolutely but people like freddie mercury and elvis presley i i always thought had that stroke of genius but george michael's voice was incredible and he wrote all his music but what was interesting about this song secret love um george michael's sexuality he kept away from the world but when he was caught it was a filthy business it was in a public toilet in 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 san francisco and the press went crazy so this song when he he recorded secret love i think he was trying to tell the world that i have another life which at that stage you couldn't share with the world because it would have meant that no one would buy CDs. But that's not the actual reason why I, cho- I chose it because of the arrangement and the incredible voice ability that he had. Bless him. Yo, another fantastic performer, Barbara Streisand. Mm. Uh, it seems that in the second hour of this program we're waking the people up. Yeah, Dolly Parton. <laughs> Liza Minnelli, <laughs> wow. Um, putting it together was, was performed uh, just now by, by Barbara Streisand. I think one of my ultimate voices ever. And apart from the fact that I think she is the master manipulator of her audience, the market, what she's done, um, how she works with her look, the music that she chooses, the kind of shows that she does, complete control freak, I was told by YouTube. Um, <laughs> but um, the song is from Sunday in the Park with George, which is one of the big musicals of, of Stephen Sondheim. And the, and the um, piece opens, the musical opens with, with putting it together. And that's about how one puts any form of art, any show, like we're doing with Starlight Classics and I'm doing with my show at Monte Cassino in October, how you put it together. People think it just happens, you know, the lights go on and then there's Richard Koch and there's Rocco and it's just fantastic. But when did we start working on the show? In the beginning of January, I think we already knew what was going to happen. But with that is always the bittersweet thing and that is what um, putting it together is all about when you do it you're never sure if it's going to work i don't know when i played starlight classic if people going to hate me maybe can they think what is this clown carrying on on this stuff maybe they will love love you but putting it together is about the the s- being sure and unsure about what you're going to put on stage we have an idea what's going to happen and then people all also you must know when you sometimes choose a piece then i will say it's not going to work who wants to hear that it's too weird it's too modern i want to hear popular things people people want to hear things that they know but that is why i think this piece was so important for us to hear yeah but it's also you've brought up another interesting thing there which is audience reaction and you may be completely convinced by something and they may be completely unconvinced Mm. by it and that's you know we're sort of on that edge all the time when you when you're out on the stage 
you're actually very exposed and vulnerable and vulnerable and when you walk out of there and you you gave everything you have um and people just sit there and they hardly respond to anything and that actually brings me to another subject that I'd love to talk to you about because when you do a series of 12 shows i think we're going to listen to dolly parton but what i want to ask you after dolly is you do a series of 12 shows and the audience reaction in all of them is rather different completely yeah let's listen to dolly i will always love you another great artist dolly parton i will always love you the choice of rocco de villiers who's my guest in people of note rocco is well he's many things to many people pianist producer composer music director cocktail connoisseur <laughs> but tell me about being a connoisseur of audiences because if we have 12 shows all pretty well the same sometimes audiences react very differently oh, it's, it's scary it's and it works with your ego which it shouldn't do but it does because you question yourself am i over is my career done must i leave must i go and work must i return to the farm what must i do um one is very exposed and you can do 12 shows and sometimes the uh, in my career i've realized the 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 sort of three or four different kinds of audience you know you get those and i'm sure you've experienced this where they will be like almost quiet during the show they don't make a noise they hardly clap but at the end all all the hundreds of them just stand up and up. that i think is the most scary because you don't the end result is fantastic you want to cry when they stand up but the hour and a half when you perform is like going through the fire and then there are those who who are just so happy that you're on stage they like everything you can take your clothes off you can put your clothes back on you can play you can tell a joke you can do whatever you want they just love it and then there are those ones who are tough they know a lot about you they know what you do they know your history they know your work and then from the moment that you walk on stage they tell you okay we want from you show us show us what you can do tonight but i've learned and i think i'm quite good at that that when i do a show within the first two pieces and when you what you also do when you announce the piece with the first time when you crack a joke about something you know exactly what you're in for for the rest of the night because they, they might not laugh at all at all <laughs> then that is that is the one thing i'm very happy that i'm not a stand up comedian can you imagine being stand up and your fly? first joke <gasps> no no i will oh no i will leave the stage <laughs> but we just listen to dolly parton now that piece i will always love you was made a global hit um which made so much money um and it was sang in the film the bodyguard by Whitney Houston but not a lot of people know that i will always love you was originally sang and performed by Dolly Parton on one of her first country um and western i i love country music because those musicians do it for the right reason they are they make music because they want to make music and here comes forever country um as i said i love country music and i've got so much respect for um it's uh, sort of genuine it is genuine and they sing from their hearts about 
everything, whether it is the teddy bear that got lost or a car crash or whatever, they make us. And I think the big thing about country music that I like, it, every song tells a story. It's like a good opera. There's always a beginning, a middle, and end. You don't know who's going to die, who's going to survive. If it's sad, it's very sad. If it's happy, it's fantastic. And I think that every, especially in South Africa, we respond very, very well to a good story with a beginning, middle, and an end. That's why I'm hopeless with certain kinds of jazz and and strange films. If I don't know what to feel at the end of the film or at the end of a jazz piece when the saxophone has been carrying on for 20 minutes, I'm completely lost. You've lost me then. But that's, that's my big thing about country. It's, it's genuine from the heart and tells a story. And tell me about the... Uh, CDs that you've made or the DVDs or what you've made quite a lot yes um, I'm my new um, album um, my 14th um, studio album has just been released it's an Afrikaans title even though it's all instrumental it's called Kortbroek Langkuisen with um, uh, long socks short um, shorts um, and it's very much about my history Richard it's about how I started in my life you know where I come from in the free set we used that's all that we we had on every day school church everything it was a big thing um but over the years i've for a long time i thought i'm too grand now and i'm wearing only fancy clothes but now that i'm older i'm going back to that but the the reason why i called the album that is is um i can do shorts and long socks now on my own terms (laughs) and here comes perhaps what your mom or your Tan Polo would say, oh babe, what would you say? <laughs> oh babe, what would you say by the incredible, incomparable Liza Minnelli, who was the, the, the uh, hit the world when she was the star in that incredible film called Cabaret. Um, the reason why I chose this piece is um, when I was at school, I had an incredible piano teacher called Mona Duplessis. And Mona, when I was very, very small, told me, Rocco, I can see you're not interested in doing um, um, serious, too serious music, which she was wrong because I ended up doing it. But now I'm back to what she said I was going to do. She said, I can see you want to be an entertainer. You want to play nice music and, and tell a joke and make people feel good. And. And Harry Smith, she once a year staged a melodrama. And in the melodrama, um, there was only adult people because some of the things were quite naughty. But I was in the melodrama every year because she said, you're more talented than the others. We're going to put you in the melodrama. And I had to mime this piece with a girl in school, Theresa Wittendahl. And she came to see my show recently. It was incredible. And she came, you know, a blast from the past. And... She sang the song, not live. She was miming it. And I um, was the babe. Oh, babe, what would you say? And that is how I performed for the first time in the Harry Smith City Hall with no piano now, miming to Liza Minnelli. Oh, babe, what would you say? It's I love these memories. I, recently, I went back to my old school in the Eastern Cape. It's a big thing, an emotional. Yeah. And it brought back mm-hmm. all these memories. I, I was on this. I was Lady Macbeth when we did Macbeth, <laughs> uh, and it just brought it all back to me. It was 
It was a wonderful. I spent three days there adjudicating my Stedford, actually. Yeah. But it brought all those memories. And, it, and then you fantastic. remember things. Yeah. And and just now when we listened to, to this, I, I remember Tony Mona said to me, you must just remember when you want to entertain people, your job every night, whether it's a small or a big show, your job is to take those people sitting there who paid on a journey, my darling, she said, take them on a journey. Whether they like the journey or not is a whole other discussion. But tomorrow morning, they must think, where was I last night? It was so fantastic. It was a, an out-of-world experience. And the only place, she said, that can take you to that place is live music. What good advice. Yeah. And here comes some music that I'm sure has been live, The Waltz in C-Sharp Minor by Frederick Chopin, Maria Joao Pires. The poet of the piano, Frederick Chopin, and that was The Waltz in C-Sharp Minor, played by Maria Joao Pires, the choice of Rocco de Villiers, who's my guest in People of Note. Rocco, have you done all the things that you want to do, have you still got ambitions? <laughs> I mean, you talked about these other things like cocktails and whiskeys yes, and blah. But, but that's that, those are those are, are just hobbies. by hobbies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you want to tour further afield, or are you very happy touring in South Africa, or have you toured further afield? I have done a couple of shows. I've done one in London. I've done one in in, in New York once in a in a very small place. Um, I'm doing a tour of Australia. Um, in 2019, um, uh, um, of course, one one would. But the thing is, um, I, you know, lots of South African artists tour all over the world. But I would like to to be on the level that I do it here, which is always it's not that that easy. And that is why Elsa is so incredible. Elsa von den Hierfer is Elsa, that she could manage to 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 get to that level. But I'm in South Africa and I'm happy with what I'm doing because um, a big part of my audience is, is Afrikaans people. And um, I, over the years I've realized that my mission is to teach them that a piano show is not boring, that it can be entertainment and you can walk out there with the same feeling that you would have when it's a big pop show. So you call yourself an entertainer rather than a pianist. You're yes. an entertainer who plays the piano. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm the best pianist. I, 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 um, I'm certainly not a good dancer. I'm not a good um, uh, storyteller. You know, I'm not like, uh, I, I just tell, I can't fabricate, you know, fantastic things. But I think in the end, um, I hope my thing is to, to make people happy what I do on stage and to to um, hopefully uh, when they leave there they feel like something has changed or they have to think about something and feel good about life or better um, and that is all through the sound of this incredible instrument we call the piano with 88 keys which is still for me after every show I still think what well, this is an incredible thing you push a note down and there's a sound but what you do with the sound, stringing them together, it's all together now. Yeah, and that's why it was good to have the poet of the piano. And indeed. And also, I mean, you can make a whole orchestra out of a piano. Of course. Julie Andrews and Carol Burnett, you're so London. Oh, <laughs> it was one of the first albums that I bought. 
uh, uh, long playing albums. I think the first one was the soundtrack of um, the South African film um, about Glenda Kemp. For the, for the listeners who don't know. Of Bloemfontein. Yes. Bloom, uh, uh, Glenda Kemp was the first famous South African stripper and she toured South Africa with a big python called Opa in a, in a basket and she made a lot of farmers in the free state Limpopo and Mpumalanga very, very happy. Do you know that we had on this program the son of the person who owned that hotel <sighs> where she performed? He, and he went as a boy to watch her show. <laughs> <laughs> With Opa. Anyway, so so um, that was the first album. And then the second album that I bought was this live show at Carnegie of, of Judy Andrews and Carol Burnett. And of course, well, uh, I love um, women performers because they can go so much further, especially when there's com- comedy and they're slightly naughty. But I am a total fan of both of them. Um, Judy Andrews for the obvious reason for The Sound of Music, which just to this day I heard that um, uh, uh, the film Sound of Music is now also being um, translated into Japanese and also in both languages in in, um, China which is Cantonese and uh, I don't know what the other but you know what they did in, in China they took all the music out there's no music in it. it's only the story and when i did my research the incredible thing about that is is again when when we spoke about story the story is so strong that if you take the music out you still get the gist of the film and um um carol burnett because for me she was the um first woman in television who really really made it big um i don't know if the listeners how old your listenership is but but there was the carol burnett show with harvey corman and all those people those incredible sketches it was hilarious funny but two stars and here comes another star this is your own piece rocco de villiers is my guest in people of note tango for two saints Tango for Two Saints I wrote long ago for the University of Johannesburg. They commissioned me to write a, a piece. And that was part of uh, a, a piece that I wrote about the life of St. Rocco. Mm. Um, caught vitamin R. But the reason why I chose it, Richard, in 1997, I met an incredibly uh, a musical, I think most, uh, the most musical person that I've met in my life, Sergio Zampoli. The accordion player and Sergio gave me a tape those days a tape of the music of Astor Piazzolla and we toured in 1998 the whole country with the music of, look in 1998 not that I think I'm grander than other people but most people in South Africa still thought Piazzolla is a is a takeaway joint in four ways yeah, those days it's amazing nobody had heard of this no. guy and yeah. so Sergio in 1990 uh, in 1997 gave me this tape and we toured with that and it was so incredible and it opened a heart but of course he's been playing it for, for years because you know being an accordion player so um and i love the idea of the tango um i'm so much that i wrote the tango for two saints and then here comes freddie mercury with bohemian rhapsody bohemian rhapsody featuring uh well freddie mercury's music with the benno trio but what an amazing genius he was. That is the word indeed, yeah. genius. Uh, I think 
the genius of, apart from Andrew Lloyd Webber, who I also think is a genius, but uh, uh, Freddie Mercury was the num- gen- number one genius of the 20th century. Everything. It's, it's, not, it's not pop, but it's not rock. It's not classical, but it has all the elements to make absolute entertainment, brilliant uh, uh, writing, orchestration, everything. And a fantastic showman. Oh, yeah. and how. Carrying on on that stage like a circus animal. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And this is something of what we're going to see, I think, at Starlight Classics. Not quite on Freddie Mercury's uh, <laughs> scale. But we don't want to copy him, but we'll get close. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're coming to Starlight Classics, you better book soon. And if you're coming on the Saturday, you need to book through my office. And you can just email me, rcockrcock at iafrica.com. And if you want to come on the Sunday, then you have to go to the Classic FM website. But we're coming up to your final choice. Now, my guest in People of Note has been Rocco de Villiers, pianist and entertainer, producer, composer, music director. And we haven't even got onto the cocktails and the whiskey. Oh, it's just mixing drinks. Yeah, well. it's easy. Maar dat is net hoe jij voel, ne? It is work full. <laughs> um, this piece is about uh, um, by Johannes Kerk Orlwi, who was also very, very talented, extremely intelligent, and way ahead of his time, an Afrikaans songwriter and performer in the seventies. Uh, he had a band called um, Johannes Kerk Orl in the Gereformeerde Blues Band, and of all his songs, this song "Who Act Full" for me, in my language, Afrikaans. Um, is the ultimate love song with integrity, passion, realness, sadness, an incredible message. Who Ek Full by Johannes Kerkoral, the final choice of Rocco de Villiers, who's been my guest in People of Note. And it just remains for us to say thank you for listening. And thanks to Rocco for being on the program. Thank you for having me and thank you for Classic FM for playing my music all the time. It's a great pleasure and thanks to Pete for helping us put it all together. Until next time, from all of us here at Classic 1027, we wish you a very good night.